This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome, listener, to Season 2, Episode 37 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock, Paper, Shotgun's podcast about PC games and sometimes goblins. I am James Archer, sadly not joining Alice Bell, who is recovering from the big Rona, but happily joined by Nate Crowley. How are you, Nate? I'm good. I've got no diseases that I know of. Um, oh, nice. Wow, 38. Did you say this is Episode 37 or 38? I, I think it's 37. This podcast is, is going to be older than me soon. It is quite aged. That's uh, as venerable. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, well, well done us. <laughs> so proud of our enormous electric sun. <laughs> ah, so have you have you been? Yeah, I, I've been pretty good. I think I, I'm the only one of us three who's managed to completely dodge uh, illnesses recently. Are you in some sort of protective bubble or just careful? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely not careful, so I think I'm just... It must be must be Rush. angels looking out for you. That's, that's what a rational man would conclude. Yeah, but you, you, you've recovered though. It sounds like yes. Um, I my my lungs are very happy, man. Uh, I don't think I had corona. To be honest, it's it's it's. I don't even know how to get the tests anymore because aren't they very expensive now? Uh, can't you just get them in like um in like a boots or I think my my local Sainsbury's sells them I think. Oh, I just uh... oh goodness me oh let's not talk about Corona. <laughs> that got really depressing about three years ago. <laughs> I tell you what I, I I did something lovely the other day. Have you ever heard yeah. of um Wren's Nest Hill? I have not. Uh, it's well it's a hill you see um and it's in the middle of Dudley and. Uh, have you ever heard of a Dudley bug? Uh, I've not heard of that either. So that's another name for a trilobite, which were the little um, sort of big woodlice men who lived in the sea at the beginning oh, of yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and we, here in the plateau of the what's called the, the West Midlands or the Black Country, uh, was a seafloor uh, in the Silurian period, which is about 480 million years ago. And so... Right. There's massive bits of limestone and shale, which were the seabed, but they've been chucked up at a mad angle by tectonic plates and stuff. And so it's really cool. There's just this massive limestone outcrop in the middle of Dudley. And because limestone's quite soft, it's always being weathered away by the rain. And literally any chunk of rock you take off it will have little fossils in. So the Midlands is packed with trilobites. Yes, yeah. 
Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we, we were walking for like an hour and found like little tiny bivalve shells and some little um, like tube worms. I uh, didn't find any trilobites on, on this walk, but apparently you can. So I also found out my house is almost on top of a medieval charnel pit, talking of walking on the dead. <laughs> so that's, that's up to my goth credentials immensely. Wow. What's that's the most uh... sinister, like underground thing near you <laughs> well the the only the only thing i know of is it's not sinister at all actually it's quite cool um there was a woolly mammoth skull oh for uh, real found nearby yeah um it's a mammoth mammothus trogon trogon terry Ooh. Uh, or a step mammoth um oh so the yeah, really fluffy a, boys yeah um Approximately 200,000 years old, uh, discovered in Ilford in 1864 by the naturalist Antonio Brady. That's well most, good. It's the most complete mammoth skull ever found in Britain. And yes, I am reading this off the internet. <laughs> I found a bit of a mammoth tooth when I was a kid. Um, really? Yeah, off Norfolk, like, there's a load of petrified forest. You know, like, um, like where it turns into peat rather than fully fossil- fossilising. So it's from quite recently, geologically speaking, but um, when it was getting, the North Norfolk coast was getting massively eroded and exposing all of this petrified forest. Uh, And yeah, there was a funny rock with all these ridges on and we took it to the Norwich Museum and it was a broken off bit of mammoth tooth. So they really did get around, yeah. Oh, nice. I didn't know you could could just rock up to a museum and have your chunks that you found in the forest uh, appraised. Oh, seriously, they love it. They love it when it's something real because I think they they get lots of people sort of coming in with battered Pepsi cans <laughs> or whatever, and, you know, claiming it's a caveman's balls or whatever. But no, this was, uh, yeah, they, they, they were very excited. I remember oh, I went, also went to the Norwich Museum thinking I had an invasive funnel web spider, but it was it was just an English garden spider and they... Uh, they were very nice to me because I was nine, but <laughs> not, not so excited. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Did, you, did, did you did you find any? So, yeah, did you take anything from your uh, fossil hunt to uh, to an appraiser? No, this um, it's to give you an idea though of how easy it is to find fossils at Wren's Nest. They've got um, you know, like when you go into like a little like nature reserve there's usually like a board with a map and saying what animals you can find and stuff um they've got that and there's just a a mobile number at the bottom like if you want a fossil identified call this number (laughs) this okay (laughs) i I don't know if i trust that (laughs) (laughs) yeah just a van shows up and they brutes bundle out (laughs) you know nicholas cage owns a t-rex skull what yeah man actually Actually, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. <laughs> it's perfectly in character. <laughs> it's, well, I was reading recently, um, it's really upsetting with fossils uh, in the US because, um, right, brief, very brief tangent into property law in the United States. As I understand it, when you sell land, you sell the mineral rights to it separately. And in most states, mineral rights include fossils. So okay. they're... There is a a fossil that was found of a T-Rex fighting a Triceratops. 
you know, the classic like Saturday oh, morning cartoon image of dinosaurs. <laughs> and they actually found a fossil of the two together. But the mineral rights were immediately sold to someone extremely rich and the fossil was taken. There's no legal recourse for any museum or anything to get their hands on it. So oh, some so arsehole out there has the best fossil of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a, a diorama of, yeah, fighting prehistoric beasts. Just in some chump's kitchen. Um, oh. Well, you know, I don't know. There's a, a, a quite a lot of interesting legal cases going on now to try and get that change. So we might actually see that fossil. But, um, yeah. I mean, you could take a fucking photograph of it. I know. You could tweet it or something. Yeah, but if these people could share, they wouldn't be so fucking rich. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's enough talking about the past, I think. I think it's time for us to face our future, specifically our terrifying robot-powered future in which we are all replaced by AI. Because the Ooh. PvP shooter The Finals... Uh, made by Embar made by Embark Studios, which is partly made of former Battlefield devs, has just entered an open beta or beta, and in the process has attracted a lot of new attention for its use of AI voice acting. Mm. The announcers you hear during matches are apparently all entirely AI constructs, and some of the player character barks uh, AI as well. So, in a widely shared video on X, formerly Twitter, uh, by voice actor Gianni Matrigano. Uh, sorry, Matragrano. Uh, he has pulled together some of the, should we say, wonkier examples where the voices malfunction a bit. Uh, so there are some, there are some where they put weird, weird amounts of stress on certain syllables, or the cadence of the sentence is just a bit off, or a line starts off with enthusiastic shouting and then just drops to the tone you do if you are checking a shopping list or something. Oh. Like Nate, have you either played the finals and heard this stuff, or just or seen the video, or seen some examples of this? The kingfish. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was an experience. Um, it took me from amusement to anxiety quicker than I would like. <laughs> um, it, it, it it is an unusual experience, um, it, especially because especially because the way it's been edited to just have nothing but the announcers. So it just feels like the, you're in an empty room and they're shouting at you with yeah. bizarre half-English pronunciations. It was like I remember um, uh, Warhammer did an app that would put your face in some Space Marine armor and change your voice. But that was just in... They did a, a trailer for it that was just smash cuts between different people. Like wonkily edited onto space marines roaring stuff like for the emperor and it was th that was upsetting in a similar way but this is even worse because it's not even <laughs> real people barking aggressive nonsensical <laughs> statements it's oh. I, I mean i was impressed by presumably they you know it's doing chat gpt style generative text and then doing an ai voice to read it out because there was some unusual lines in there I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. It, I, I don't know if the we we've had like confirmation from the devs that the actual like voices are AI. I don't know if the script or the writing was AI as well. Um, I confess. So I've I've been playing this open beta of the finals, and I also played the finals in the past two closed betas. Mm. And on the one hand, I didn't actually clock that it was AI the first two times. I did notice some oddities with the way, especially the female announcer voice. 
um, said some words. But I was willing to chalk that up to, oh, maybe she's, maybe like that's not her natural accent, and she's putting on a voice, and it just wobbled for a bit for that take, um, something like that. Yeah, uh, it was only when I was playing the the new the new beta the other night that I got to the point where me and my friends I was I was playing with were like, why is she, why is she speaking funny? Like, why are they why are they talking like that? Like, or, or like I don't I don't know if I've just become more attuned to it or or if the actual quality has regressed or if it I, maybe was human voices in like the really early ones. Um, but yeah, there's definitely the point. It got to the point where like, I saw this compilation video and I was like, ah, okay, yes, that makes sense. It was AI the whole time. And I get I guess if you're an if if you're a developer at Embark, you'd probably argue, like, aha, well, it it fooled you for the most part. And I'm not gonna lie, it did. Most of the announcer lines do most most of the lines do not clearly sound like text to speech. Um that you know, this this video that we're sharing around is, you know, highlighting the worst bits uh so we, we should like we should be aware of that but the just in the occasional moments where it does go wrong it's like the whole illusion cracks mm. right the the spell is broken you you know it's ai and you can't you can't you know put that genie back in the back in the lantern it's a funny thing isn't it because like technically whenever you're playing a game and anything you you if you're playing single player um, you know, anything that speaks to you in the game is a philosophical zombie, right? It's a it's a a, a Cartesian machine with no internality. <laughs> but somehow when you're playing Baldur's Gate or whatever, it's perfectly possible to get invested in characters even though you you know, you understand fiction as a concept. But then yeah. as soon as as exactly like you said, as soon as one of those voices does something strange, it somehow makes it yeah, it breaks that entire illusion even past the point where you're prepared for it to be broken. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I, it's technically no more artificial, but uh, I don't know. It, I, mm. It's so hard to know with AI when I don't feel comfortable aesthetically with it and when I don't feel comfortably ethical with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we we actually know Embark Studios think about this because they were on a recent episode of the Meet the Makers podcast, in which audio designer Andreas Almström said the reason that we go this route is that AI text to speech is finally extremely powerful. It gets us far enough in terms of quality and allows us to be extremely reactive to new ideas and keeping things really, really fresh. So I think he has a point in that it can fool people when it works well. I am a bit iffy about the phrase it gets us far enough in terms of quality. Yeah, is that, I hate that. Is that not just like that's like uh good enough rather than trying to make something actually fully good. Yeah, it's an extremely commercial lowest common denominator mindset. Um mm. uh, you know, and it depends what you're making really, but I, I'm just yeah, that, that 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 doesn't feel like something that makes me excited to play something if it's meant to be good enough, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Armstrong also said in this Meet the Makers episode, if it sounds a bit off, it still blends kind of well with the fantasy of the virtual video game show aesthetically. Now, this I definitely don't agree with because it sounds these voices sound neither human-like enough to evoke that like super futuristic AI Cortana-esque archetype nor does it sound like the 
like, like a monotone, clearly artificial voice, like you get from uh, the one I te- the one I like most immediately think of is the announcer in Apex Legends. Mm. It just it just sounds like a moderately above average text to speech program of twenty twenty three standards. Now I think what would be what would really challenge my faith here is if they did if they um, cloned the voice of the Halo announcer. Um, because I'm so used to that voice and I don't know how I'd react to hearing an AI-generated version of it. Um, it might, you know, in, in the, the clip I just saw there, those aren't people I'm familiar with. Um, you know, they don't sound particularly like real sportscasters yeah. either. But yeah, if... I think where it would really test me is if it was a facsimile of a voice I was familiar with, um, but that but obviously raises a load more concerns. Would yeah, like would would you not be more likely to notice the bits where it like just go, even even if it's just like subtly off? Do you think you'd notice it more because you're so used to that voice? Yes, but I think to some extent it's like the hands in in generated art, isn't it? That um, that you know. It, it's very easy to imagine that being solved quickly enough that, that stops being an issue. Um, or, you know, it does, it does, certainly doesn't seem insurmountable given how fast it's progressed over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess my, my, my thoughts on this are how will I feel when it is indistinguishable from a human voice? Or is that, is that me being naively pessimistic about how quickly it's going to advance uh i i don't know like i if it gets so good like the the quality issue becomes a non-issue there's still i guess the ethics issue because these things are trained on they're they're still ultimately trained on human voices in the same way that ai art is trained on human-made art and that's poison yeah yeah, you you could definitely you could definitely argue like even if even if someone creates an absolutely flawless like AI voice generator, is it is it still fair on the people whose voices it learned from? You know, the other day I actually read um, someone had got ChatGPT to write some forty k fiction in my writing style. Really. And it was horse shit. Yeah. Fucking hell. Jeez. <laughs> it worked out that I like to use convoluted similes on Twitter and didn't realise I didn't do that when I'm writing about orcs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Gaskell got really angry like a gang of mackerel breaking into a theme park. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'll see if I can track down the link. It was a Reddit thing, but um, Fucking hell. Oh but, wow! So w- that's that's amazing. Actually, we we have the perspective of someone who has been ripped off by AI art. Yeah, uh, three books um, that I've written have been uh, identified as 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 being scraped by AI. Um, I don't know. It just it feels like a dog photocopied my passport while I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't really do anything with it, but I'm not happy with it. <laughs> Just proving my own fucking point about yeah, that's a good. <laughs> and, and yeah, this is the thing. At the moment, it mm. just makes me uncomfortable 
what I'm worried about is when they do solve the quality issues. And I think I feel like that across the board with AI. Um, because it is starting to feel like a when. Uh, God, I even hate calling it AI because it's not, is it? Like, ah. Yeah, not, not, yeah, I guess not true AI. But. It just, oh. I, I cannot believe there are. There aren't more people who don't like it than like it at this point. <laughs> Here we go. Why well, it is it's 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 one of those things where it's kind of hard to judge because literally no, no one I've spoken to on I guess I I kind of hate this word these days, but the consumer side seems mm. to like truly like AI. It's mostly been people like quite high up in the production side. And yeah. obviously they're obviously they're thinking like, oh we could yeah, we could save so much time and effort and money with this and yeah like that 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 even came up in the in this um meet the makers episode where they where they talked about how it takes like allegedly shaves off the time it takes to do all this voice acting from quote months to hours Mm. um and yeah i don't know like even if that even if that's true like is it not you still ultimately want a good product what and really these... made me bristle about that soundbite you read out from the dudes um, is there's something particularly disingenuous in like tech marketing, which is to really patronizingly pass off cost saving measures as something that will be exciting to end users. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the prime example for me has been like the, um, yeah, for example, like uh, QR codes linking to virtual menus in restaurants. Like, that's, yeah, maybe you find that neat and that's fun. Um, you know, the, the reason that's been done is to, to save on paper menus. And obviously there might be valid ecological reasons for that, but they're probably not the reasons the decision was made. Uh, and, and it's always presented as like, oh, look, you can do this cool, whizzy thing, uh, which does make me sound like I'm 60 using the adjective whizzy, but I will carry on. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I almost wouldn't mind if they just said, oh, it will save us a shitload of money, so we're going to do this now. But you're having to be constantly gaslit into thinking I'm excited about things I'm not really bugs me. <laughs> um, do, you, do, you, do you not like being able to order from, from your phone, though? Like you don't have to... Yeah, you have to, no, you'd have to wait for the the staff to come over. But that's just like, that's why me, I can talk me. to a person. <laughs> I'm I, I'm I'm not a needlessly luddite, but I um I don't like doing things digitally if I can avoid it. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't think I I. I would be confident that mine's the prevailing opinion, but there are just so many things in the world. I'm just happy to leave exactly as they are. Yeah. Um, that's, no, that's fair. I don't know. What What do you see as being like, cause I don't think this is like the devil's technology or, or anything. Like it's amazing stuff. Um, um, the obvious thing that, that comes to mind for me is like when you come up with your own silly name in an RPG, but no one ever reads it out. Like, this will mean more games will read out my silly name when NPCs <laughs> talk to me. I like that. Yeah, I guess. Well, I, I was going to ask, actually, like, can we think of potential uses for AI voices that could be considered both appropriate and ethical? So I was thinking about um, communication in 
uh, strategy games. Uh, so I used to play a lot of Team Age of Empires. And yeah. if you're not on voice with people, um, because not everyone wants to go on voice or has the capacity uh, or doesn't want to get involved in potential abuse, like you're typing typing messages to people, which of course, if you're you know playing a very, very high APM strategy game, uh, you're not going to really have time to do that. So... Uh, for example, there is a button you can press to to put a flare on the minimap to show where you're attacking or something. Yeah. And I don't think it would be terribly difficult for um, to come up with contextually generated barks so you could have a medieval voice like, attack on ye north side of ye forest, my liege. <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> you know, because it would know where you're pointing on the map. You know, so, ah, they're landing on the north coast, my lord. You could yeah. do stuff like that pretty easily, I think, and just procedurally generate it based on where you're clicking and what's happening. That would be yeah. really cool. Yeah, I like, I, I, like, I like the sound of that. I, I definitely prefer, if we're going to be using AI for something, I'd much rather it would be used for voices than the writing. Yes. Um, I, thi I think we actually, we may have mentioned this like on a, on a distant past episode, but one developer, I can't remember who it was, was saying they wanted to use AI to write. I think it was Ubisoft actually. I uh, wanted to use use uh, AI to write like enemy barks, like "Oh, he's over there," or "You know, I'm reloading" and stuff like that. And I, I like hated the sound of that because even though it's a very, it's ultimately a very small thing in the context of an entire game, but the like the writing to me is something that benefits like much more from I d like I don't I absolutely don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting voice acting here no um, no no I, I totally get what you're saying it it's you know ideally we wouldn't replace anyone's jobs like and you know that's not necessarily what this is like barks like I've known people write I've written barks for games it's the worst it, no it's just the worst coming up with 500 <laughs> ways to warn someone about a grenade um you know this is an argument I'd want to think through a lot more before presenting as anything like a deeply held opinion, but it would seem to me there are ways of taking out some of the more repetitive work. So voice actors can focus on you know, delivering lines that are more interesting and writers can focus on writing lines that are more interesting. You know, yeah. Again, I, I would have a hard time convincing myself that's better than just everything being done by humans, but like that's at least a use case I could... You know, I, I would I would be interested to hear the argument for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I'd also like it if there was some kind of like safeguard in people's contracts so that it, the developers can't just keep voice actor samples to use in in perpetuity. Like, maybe maybe there's a compromise way where they say, okay, we'll we'll record like your regular voice for most of this part, but then do you mind if we just like use AI to come up with some barks or something. Yeah. If it's, that might be. If it's a way to, like, you know, uh, add a, a large cloud of fairly, you know, low-impact dialogue additions, I think that's, yeah, that, that's just a way to, to add a lot more granularity, I suppose. It's, you know, and the, it's not taking anyone out of a, a job. Um, two other things... That come to mind. One would be um, if so. Uh, who was the the awful Rick and Morty man? 
Justin uh, Roiland? Yes. Is that you pronounce it? Wasn't he... Um, there was the game with a talking gun. Uh, high, on, high, on, high on life. Yeah, so like yeah. something like that where an actor is disgraced um, but is in a project. I mean, I don't know where the hell this would stand legally, but could you technically just place all of their lines with AI readings of the same thing in order to technically <laughs> not have them in the project but not not change the product? I don't know. Oh, I don't that that's that's another like ethical minefield. Yeah, I don't um, like thinking about it actually. I'm gonna stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh what one thing I thought of is like get, going back to this idea of oh it's okay in the finals because they're meant to be like futuristic AI voices. Um when I I'm not sure they are. But if you if you if you made it abundantly clear that you were doing an AI voice for an AI character there's clearly AI in the context of the game world and that the voice is meant to be artificial. Could you potentially, yeah. W- would that be like more? I like that. I've just thought of a really more good powerful. game. Right. Okay. You remember the King's speech? The film? Yeah. Uh, where he has elocution training because he has a yeah. stammer. Like that, but you're trying to like, you're a voice coach for a robot overlord. Um, who doesn't have the confidence to give menacing speeches to his subjects. Um, and it would be an AI voice, and you'd have to... It, at, the, at the beginning of the game, it would just be talking like nonsense phrases with like wild variants and pitch and stuff, and you would have to, to be the robot's voice coach until it was doing very oh. sinister rhetoric. I think that'd be great. <laughs> oh, that might be fun, yeah. And that would actually only but- work with, you know procedural generation as well because um oh so i forget what i was reading yesterday um but it was an article about um how generative ais are sort of eating their own tail at the moment because there's so much there's such an increased volume of ai generated trash on the internet Mm. that that's now forming a larger and larger proportion of the input uh that's being scraped Also, also ai is scraping ai you mean yeah, and there was a really interesting example um, where they'd, they'd, uh, they'd done an experiment to test this and sort of gone through several iterations of a model, asking it yeah, fairly ordinary questions. And it just started getting obsessed with jackrabbits <laughs> and was giving, by the fourth iteration of the AI, it was giving answers that looked like algebra, but only involving the word jackrabbits. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how quickly it boned itself using its own output. So, yeah, yeah, there's, um, <laughs> there's great potential for generated nonsense. And if that was a feature rather than a bug, I think it could mm. be fun. But yeah. that would be a very specific use case. Yeah, very specific. Also, I, I can't get past the idea of them also having like, other characters in the game being like, oh, this rubbish, like doing this stupid, like, 4 4 leaning thing where they, where they say, oh, this, this rubbish AI doesn't sound like a real human, yada, 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 which would, like, make it abundantly clear, but also, yeah, common denominator. Yeah, it's, um, God, there's just so many other exciting things to do that d- don't involve unraveling our own humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, there are. Uh, why don't we why don't we talk a bit 
uh, about some of those exciting things that we can do in real life by discussing what we've been playing this week. So, Nate, what have you been playing this week? So I'm just stunned that while I was wasting time partying, you were studying the Segway Blade. That's very <laughs> impressive. Um, man, do you know what I came back to this week because I hadn't had enough? The uh, Deep Rock Galactic Survivor demo. Oh, cool. How are you finding it? It's just so good. I know, right? It's really it's sick. I've, I've, I'm, like, it, it, there's barely any content in it. I unlocked it all very quickly. And this is the only time I think I've ever gone back to a demo because I needed to scratch the itch. It's Yeah. Yeah, I even started playing Deep Rock Galactic um, as a result of liking it so much. And it's great. The problem is I had no sense of direction. Um, okay. And that really, yeah. given all the procedurally <laughs> generated caverns and three dimensions, <laughs> I am, it turns out, a worthless dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What, oh, what you want to do in that situation is just always pick Driller. And then you can just like carve your way if you get lost you just carve your way back yes. to your teammates <laughs> that's exactly what i do <laughs> they're very um <clears throat> i like how nimble the dwarves are it does make traversal really easy because if i am the drill man and i drill a bit wrong it's not like space engineers at the other game where i drilled my way everywhere where i had to do lots of that you know that awful sort of skyrim jumping where you're trying to get up a steep cliff face Oh, just hammering spacebar. Yeah, Deep Rock is so kind and just letting you climb up ledges. Yep. Um, <laughs> when's when's the when's the full Survivor game out? Um, I don't think they have a date. I believe they're entering. I've, I think they're launching into early access probably early next year. Yeah. It's, um, uh... So it's it's quite a, it's quite a way off, as evidenced by the kind of like lack of stuff in the demo. But like, did... e- e- but even so, like you can tell, like it's it's something a bit special. Well, this is it. If like it can do all of that before early access, like that's where I think games are great candidates for early access, where you can get the full satisfaction, and the development process just adds more replayability to that. Mm. I think they're onto a winner. Have you um, have you played many Survivor likes? Uh. More than two, fewer than ten. I can't remember the exact number, but yeah, I, um, I, I play a few. Like, obviously, started with Vampire Survivors, and then uh, DRG is probably the one I've played the most, other than Vampire Survivors. Actually, I may have played it more at this point. Um, is I, it better I, I, than I, Vampire Survivors? Do you think, uh, given given the context, uh, of the scope? Hmm. I, uh, I d- uh, I I don't I don't th- I don't think so I don't think it's like um still it's impressive that a I, th- I think if, I think if DRG think about that yeah I think if DRG Survivor existed bef- like in place of Vampire Survivors and that was kind of like everyone's first big introduction to bullet heaven slash auto shooters whatever you want to call them uh, I don't know if it would have the same impact just because Vampire Survivor is feels much more complete um i think i think yeah i think vampire survivors also has better like this 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 might sound like an an overly simplistic thing to to get hung up on but it does have more some like spectacular 
um, bu- bullet effects. In in, D- in DRG, you're, you're not really firing like massive laser beams and hurling books around and throwing out globules of acid. You're just kind of like shooting regular guns. And yeah. That, so so, yeah. It, so it does like a bit of the spectacle of Vampire Survivors. And it also doesn't, for me, it doesn't have, it doesn't yet have uh, this moment where you've just like gorged yourself on so much XP that you you then become like the boss. I had you... that last night. Um, really? In DRG? Yeah, I managed to... So, there's not many weapons options in it at the moment, so it's really hard to get a lot of synergies working. But the one complete synergy set that seems to be in there is if you get all four kinetic class weapons and... Um, Sorry, this is very technical, listeners, but there's uh, a particular upgrade that gives you plus 0.5% chance to crit for every nitro you have. Uh, And then the gold tip bullets, which give you a damage bonus for all the gold you have. So if you simply get both of those early on, don't spend any gold or nitra, and then put every upgrade into um, crit damage when you can. Okay. Oh, I've, I've always... I like usually ignore crit damage. Well, Maybe that's where I'm going. I might be going completely wrong. This is the thing, because if you can get 200 Nitra, you've got 100% crit chance. Um, oh. And if you've then got 335% crits, <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? Like, I got to a stage where I was just, like, wading into swarms of enemies. Yeah, <laughs> Like oh, Moses man. through the that's, Red Sea. That's what I want. That's what I, that's what I love about, like, the bit in Vampire Survivors where you turn the tables. Oh, yeah, okay. I basically became I'll... a neutron star, just sucking in experience and getting more and more killing <laughs> until eventually, you know, you have to t- kill the three cocoons to unleash yeah. the big crab. Yeah. Like, I was avoiding the cocoons because I just wanted to swell for as long as I can <laughs> before flicking the crab with my little finger and turning them into place. <laughs> Love that shit. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I, I played like a very, very early build of it for a preview back in the summer. Um, and that was I was finding that like so so difficult. Mm. Um, and then the de- in the demo they've like done quite a lot of rebalancing, so that it's much easier to get like a decent damage build going. But I've 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 never like really gone for crits. I've just been for like the gone for like the big number percentage damage uh, increases. I, I there, there was um I think there was gold tip bullets in the in the preview build, and yeah I I did manage to get like um something like 150 gold or something just i I may have talked about this one podcast actually yeah just running around with gold falling out of my pockets and relying on that for damage but i've not i've never tried to crit one so i will try that the sonic the hedgehog build is fun as well um we just put everything into move speed uh because i did it for a laugh and then didn't realize it was actually tactically great uh because you can literally run rings around swarms. You know, you hmm. you see in nature documentaries where humpback whales will blow rings of bubble uh, bubbles around shoals of herring to concentrate them into a ball, which they can then swallow in one Christian gulp. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I was doing that, but with monsters. Very good. <laughs> very, very good. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, to be honest with you. What about yourself? Uh, so I've, I've actually been playing and enjoying despite the ai stuff the finals um it it remains just like an extremely fast like kinetic very satisfying shooter despite being like 
Uh, I've seen some people complain about the time to kill, as in like how long you have to shoot some someone before they die. Yeah. Um, I'd like it being quite high because there are very very few like random deaths. Like you you never ever you almost never ever die from it, it just being like cod syndrome. Oh, he saw me before I saw him, so therefore I die. Um, yeah. there are actual there are actual like engagements, and you can you know you have a bit of freedom to like take fights on your own terms. Uh, in this new in this in this new beta, they've um, added a new mode, which is instead of um, instead of like having to camp at a like money collection point because uh, matches are won by like collecting cash essentially. Hmm. Um, you basically have to go out and hunt down other players and like temporary cash boxes, which to me is feels a bit more fun because. It's not so much just kind of like King of the Hill thing, where you like hunker down in one position and defend just what is essentially a very slow cash point. Um, <laughs> you actually you actually have to like go out and run around and be aggressive, which just suits the uh, just suits like the the whole movement movement shooter thing more suitably, I think, because you have so many so many like cool fun tools to get around. You can you. Put down jump pads, and if you're playing the heavy character, you can literally run through walls and or like body slam through floors. Um, and all that stuff just feels like, yeah, more fun when you're like chasing chasing people down and, and chasing uh chasing these boxes of cash. So, I, yeah, as, a, it's as all... an Apex Legends enjoyer, um, yeah, I you know I'm, I'm I'm actually very poor at it, but I find I find it an enjoyable experience. Um, you know, as as and when I get the urge, do you, do you think there's a natural progression from that? Is it that flavor? It feels like that flavor. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Because Apex is also like very high time to kill and has a lot of like movement stuff in it. Can you um, bum slide in this? The bum sliding is very important. You can, you can Ooh. bum slide. Um, and yeah, and uh, you can't. Uh, there's zip lines and. Yeah, jump pads, very like apexy jump pads. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely uh, definitely overlap. Um, and yeah, I've I've very much been enjoying it in spite of all the AI stuff, which I now know is there and is creeping me out a bit. Um, yeah, it's funny because so, yeah. everything else you've said about it makes it sound really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is really good. I I I always love it. I always love playing it for just like the brief. The brief glimpses I can. Um, I don't know when they're actually releasing it. They've just been doing like beta after beta. But yeah, I can I can definitely see myself putting more more of my time into it, despite this this one weird thing that they're doing. I in my teens, I uh, designed um, a little tabletop game called Horrible Cyborgs, uh, which the board was a l little grid, and it was like you put down a few barriers, and at the center was an ATM machine an actual ATM machine and you had like three cyborgs and you had to have one of them constantly at the ATM with mm -hmm. a pile of credit cards taking out like individual tenors and the other team had to wrestle your cyborg off the ATM. <laughs> I didn't realise I'd been so prescient in game <laughs> at the time. <laughs> <laughs> scrapes that idea for the uh, finals. Shouldn't have gotten rid of the eight. Uh, shouldn't have sold on the IP, really. Should have. No. 
Uh, so yeah, I've been playing that, and also I've been playing a bit more Alan Wake Two. That's I'm so, hearing some shockingly good things about that. Yeah, so I I am not and never will be a horror guy, but I am slowly getting more into it after a very very slow start. I uh, so last week I was saying to Alice how I didn't really like the FBI detective investigation mechanic because yeah. it involves involves a lot of manually pinning notes to a wall, and then that unlocks a revelation to the character your character that you the player already had and could act upon were you were, you, were it not gated by this this pinboard mini game uh but that's main that's mainly when you're playing as the fbi profiler character when you're playing as alan wake there's a similar thing where you have to stick these uh written plot points onto a board and then that has that's a more interesting effect where you like literally rewrite the environment around mm. you essentially to progress so you you write in like i don't know a new corridor or a a crash train opens up and lets you through it or st- stuff like that which which sounds a bit lame when i say it out loud uh but it is a more it is a more visual and striking effect than what it is with the other character where she just says like oh huh, i need to go to this place next and then you get a new waypoint marker so yeah, um, I, I'm kind of like I'm I'm I don't I don't like that system now, but I'm kind of like warming up to it. Um, and yeah, the game journal is just picking up for picking. It's picking up for me. Um, I can tell it is good stuff, even if I'm not indeed a horror guy. I didn't realize it was a horror. Oh yeah, it's um. I, d- that, I don't that, know that's... why but I've never managed to learn anything about Alan Wake beyond the name of the protagonist. Well, the the first one was like, I'd call it horror tinged horror adjacent yeah yeah it's not really a horror game it's more of a like thriller almost this is this is more like actual horror um interesting why the change in tone do you think um i don't know i think maybe remedy just like wanted to make a horror game maybe maybe because um they they now own the rights to alan wake themselves i think previously it was owned by xbox Oh. And they they bought it off Xbox, and I think this may be like them wanting. To, this is like their their uh, auteur moment, right? Like they they have the, they have their own thing, and they're going to make it how they want to do, um, which which I fully respect. Um, and yeah, like if, I'm I'm like, I'm one of the worst people to like judge this, but I think the horror stuff in it is like quite well done. Is it is it very jump scary or is it more sort of unsettling? Oh, it's fair, it it is like very eerie, um, and there's like the there is the occasional jump scare if I'm honest. Like there's <laughs> there's literally a bit where you're just walking through a forest and <laughs> like a a little live action clip of a man screaming at you, screaming in your face just pops up for a second. Actually, talk, um, talking of that, have you seen Don't Scream? No. So Don't Scream is a. Um, well, that, that's a thing. Um, the game lasts, I think, 18 minutes. And you are just wandering around a number of very, very creepy environments. And there's a library of, you know, what I think would be a couple of hundred um, jump scares that the game can throw at you. Like a bird flying suddenly into your face or a shopping trolley just suddenly clattering out of an alley. Right, uh, and you play with your microphone on, and it's massively sensitive. So if you do anything more than like, 
<laughs> you die. You just <laughs> drop on the ground and die. Okay. <laughs> Nothing they, can harm you. <laughs> are, are, are these little, are these little clips all like mundane things? Or, no, or some of them are like a shrieking eyeless zombie and things. So it can, and they happen. There's no sort of places where you know they'll trigger or times. Yeah. So you might just be walking around a deserted town and have a little bird flutter, or you might just turn around in the forest and have some have a screamer pop up. You know, it's mm. I mean, do, vile to play, absolutely deeply <laughs> unpleasant experience. Great to watch. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Two isn't. I, I know. I know. I literally just said there's jump scares, but it's it's very it is sparing in the kind of like the really scary stuff, um, which yeah does a lot of like helps 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 build up the tension more it's not like um it's like just a constant onslaught of spooky bloody naked man so it's it, it a, would it be kind of on a dead space sort of level in terms of the tension uh yeah it's some it's actually well no dead space has a lot more um a lot more jump scares i think uh this is maybe more like Maybe like the Resident Evil remakes. Um, okay, which, yeah, that's a good comparison. Which are which are also like clearly a very very strong influence in terms of how the game plays and, um, yeah, the, just like the general pacing and the structure of it. But um, yeah, it's it 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 is like I I will agree it is a very good game. Um, even even if individual parts aren't quite for me. Lovely stuff. Hmm. So uh I oh I don't know if I can think of a segue for this. No, you've got um, the power, I believe in you. Uh okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not gonna help. Because <laughs> 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 I've forgotten what we're talking about next. Is it a good day to wear hearts? Yes, it is. Uh a good day to wear hard. Actually, I'll I'll open it with a question, Nate. Hmm. Are you concerned about excessive teeth? Uh, I wasn't until you just asked, but maybe I think I should be. Well, the reason I ask is because Cities Skylines 2 developers, Colossal Order, sent around a statement last week to address a, quote, bizarre story that was doing the rounds uh, in which the game's citizens uh, have... <clears throat> Sorry, the the story the story suggested that the fact that the game's citizens have fully modelled and rendered teeth was at least partly to blame for its well documented performance troubles. The I'm, I'm sorry, this is City Builder City Skyline Two. Yes. <laughs> the, okay. <laughs> the 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 alleged the alleged issue, uh, according to a popular Reddit post that had extracted like the wireframe models for these teeth. Was that the citizen? The citizen models are missing uh, LOD or level of detail models, which prevent them from being rendered at a lower detail when viewed at a distance. Um, you see that a lot in games where if you, you know, you see a character in the far distance, they'll just be a little like N sixty four blob, and then when they move closer to you, they become more high, high poly or whatever. Like um, in the same way that a bowl of beans just appears to be a a unitextured orange mess as you approach the campfire but when you're sitting next to the cowboy you can count the individual beans yes exactly so that that was going to be an issue on top of that the there's 
City Skylines 2 has this something called has this thing called the Citizen Life Path feature, mm-hmm. which tracks the life events of individual citizens. Uh, I think this is also being blamed for adding more and more teeth to the populace because <laughs> because because of a belief which I think is incorrect among players that it also that this life path thing also tracked and determined physical attributes. So it was being so like it was suggesting that as citizens get older. They like gain more bigger teeth, and then, <laughs> and, then and then that that in turn makes the performance worse. Uh, anyway, the the statement from Gloss Order reads: the citizen life path feature does not tie to citizen geometry and does not affect the performance figures of the characters. We know the characters require further work as they are currently missing their LODs, which affects some parts of performance. We are working on bringing these to the game alongside general LOD improvements across all game assets. Characters feature a lot of details that, while seemingly unnecessary now, will become relevant in the future of the project. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, so the, the teeth is real. The the yes, there the character models do in fact have all, all these teeth. James, why will they need the teeth in future? <laughs> <laughs> why? I mean, to me, to me, this to me, this is the bigger and better mystery. Mm. Right, because so my my personal and admittedly not very technical standpoint on this, based on my testing of Cities of Islands 2, is that yes, LODs are important and we probably will see performance improvements once they've been properly implemented implemented. But at the same time, the game runs like crap when your city is just a field with a road running through it. Like it it chugs before there is even one baby tooth on screen. So, yes, there are big problems, but I'm not sure that teeth specifically are one of them, or at least not to the extent that this Reddit post and elements of the community were suggesting. What if it's modelling all the teeth on all the ants that you can't even see? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I joke, but Dwarf Fortress um, used to have some absolutely brutal performance issues because, among other things... It was simulating individual raindrops and counting the number of ants active in hundreds of different colonies on the map, even though that had no bearing on anything you could do. And okay. I really respected it for that because I could always know the number of ants in a hill. <laughs> <laughs> it was just there was a real like absurdist comedy as well to pressing K to examine a tile and it to say 180 million ants. <laughs> <laughs> Because of the way uh, that, that game worked, you could also buy from traders barrels of ant brains. And I just want you to imagine that as a foodstuff. <laughs> but, you know, at least it's, uh, you know, you can you can track exactly how many ants are in it. Well, this is it, is there, yeah. It's proper farm-to-table stuff. I, I've always been interested to know, maybe you can give me some insight on this. Like, I feel like I've got a very poor instinct for what... You know, what background simulations are challenging for a CPU and which aren't? Um, Because, like, the teeth thing does not surprise me, for example. Um, What what do you think is causing the... Other than the teeth, what do you think is causing the slowdowns? Uh, Like, I I, I generally don't know. Um, I I, I will absolutely not 
do not abs- do not confuse like the role of a hardware editor for an actual programmer because I <laughs> I I try to hide this a lot during my job, but the the truth is I know very little about it. Um, I I mean I un- I understand entirely why people thought that the T thing would be a problem because yeah, like why why are you modeling such like highly detailed assets when you can't even you can't even see them like up close they're inside the mouth well, um, so we need some working theories i think as but, to how the teeth are going to become relevant and i think obviously a kaiju dlc where your citizens can become enormous <laughs> would justify it the same uh, doing a godzilla they could have the tooth fairy as a as an industrial process. I mean, it would make it very satisfying to zoom in on a dentist's office, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. If Maybe they just mean this... people can go to the dentist <laughs> and then they have one less tooth in their mouth. Yeah, and then... Oh, no, they, they, they said Citizen Life Path feature does not tie to the Citizen Geometry, but how cool would it be if you could, like, see the... see, like, the tooth... like a bit, like a removed baby tooth regrowing in real time now that's now that's what i call technology that's the future that's what that's what ai needs to do do you remember the episode of monster factory uh where they were doing one of the do you did you ever watch monster factory uh don't think so no um and it's basically just using character creation sliders to make the most unfortunate creatures ever and they they did with um one of the wwe games and that allowed you to select which teeth the wrestlers had and didn't have. And then they found <laughs> out you could change the texture of the teeth. So they gave a man a single rubber tooth. It's <laughs> 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 just one of the most texturally unpleasant concepts <laughs> I've ever had in my head. I God, what a, also, what a hellish existence for the man. <laughs> single rubber tooth. <laughs> just in the center of his mouth. <laughs> Horrible. Like a snail. Oh. Uh, I, 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 I had a beans metaphor prepared, but I'm not sure if we need it anymore. Uh, Go on, give us, serve us some beans to finish yeah, up. Okay. With. Uh, so it, it, this whole thing is kind of like if a bean, if a cowboy, not a bean, if a cowboy was counting the beans in his tin o beans mm. as he ate them, and say his cowboy friend sat next to him and said, "Hey, partner, count the beans in my tin, my tin too." So he does that, and it gets a bit harder to keep count, but because his friend is sat so close to him, he should be managing fine. But then a wagon full of open, overturned bean tins rolls up. (laughs) And the horseman says, count all these beans too. Now normally, the cowboy would just be like, those beans are too far away for me to see clearly. There's no point in me trying to count all those beans. I can give an estimate, but I can't keep track of every single one. Unfortunately... This cowboy had upset a fortune teller who, <sighs> who cursed him with the terrible power to perceive unnecessarily minute details at any range. So he has no choice but to see and count every bean on that distant carriage, which eventually overwhelms his brain entirely, turning him into a gibbering shell of a man. Dude, we need the Coen brothers to make an anthology movie cowboy <laughs> metaphors. <laughs> It'd be like Buster Scruggs on Fever Dream. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like that, but instead of beans, it's teeth. Or not, according to the statement. 
Is there a tower? <laughs> so, actually, I'm going to trailer the tower because I have I have written one, but I want to save it for when Alice is back because um, I've this is this is going to come in a couple of installments. I'm writing an Age of okay. Empires two role playing game for you both Ooh. to suffer in. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do today, I'm going to give you the character classes, and I want you and Alice to go away and decide. Uh, which you want to play, and then let me know before the next uh, next episode, okay? Okay. Okay. So, the five character classes are Villager. Yeah. Scout. Yeah. Castle. Castle? Castle. In... Okay. <laughs> uh, Sterling Castle, specifically. Sterling, as in, the in one Sterling, in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um... Uh, or turtle ship. Turtle ship. Yeah. Okay. Or Dracula. Or Dracula. Because he okay. is a character model in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so we we have to pick ju- just two of those five, one each. Uh, yeah, or you can multi-class, so you could be like Sterling Castle slash Dracula, or Villager slash Scout. Okay. Yes, it, I just will. like in D and D. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will relay this to Alice. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, you could be a monk as well. Oh, okay. Wow. That that sounds a bit uh, ho hum after the possibility of being a a hybrid of Dracula and Sterling <laughs> Castle. Uh, uh, may we all live to see such a day. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's next week's tower. <laughs> So uh, I guess in that case, we'll just move on to your recommendations. That sounds good to me. Okay, so what are you recommending this month, mate? This month, this week? Uh, I'm going to recommend... It's been ages since I've done this, but I'm recommending a fish. Um, I've just bought myself a large shoal of chili rasbara. That's That's a good name. Isn't it? Because they look like tiny little chili peppers. They only... um, In fact, I believe um, Dion off of the... Uh, EWS Discord uh, knows a lot about raspberries um, and things, so I hope they're proud of me. Um, but I've got about 30 of them, and they're the size of grains of rice. Um, and they're so small, they can, if you've got a well planted tank with a lot of substrate and stuff, they will just live off the, largely off the infusoria in there, which is like little protozoans and things. Like the fish are literally so small, they can have a meal out of things you can't even see. Um, <laughs> So yeah, they are, and they they yes. have almost no biological footprint because uh, worth talking about because you know they shit as much in a week. Um, you, you could barely fill a you know uh, an incredibly small vessel with their food. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> so they don't get you know the, the the water chemistry just tidies itself as they go basically. So yeah, if you want um, an extremely Beautiful, um, very, you know, all you need is nice warm water, lots of leaf litter, things like that. And they're just lovely little flecks of sort of gold and red. Uh, they only oh. live about a year and a half, but um, they're, they're cracking. Oh, nice. Do, do they grow much bigger? Or no, no, they are. They stay rice shaped forever. Yeah, they're, they're real small dudes. Um, you know, we're talking basmati long grain, um, you know, not like sushi rice or anything. Okay. 
Oh, that, that, that sounds sweet. I'll, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to look up a, a video of what those look like. So you should, sound, yeah. It's R-A-S-P... No. R-A-S-B-O-R-A. I always think it smelled like raspberry, but it's not. <laughs> what about yourself? Raspberry. So I'm recommending... Uh, so a bit, bit of context. I had uh, I threw a Halloween party on s- this most recent Sunday evening. And Ooh. for entertainment, we had... Uh, Beat That, which is a box of kind of like something like I think it's 160 little, little like st- stupid party games that you can play uh, either solo or in pairs or I think in a team. And most of them revolve around the application of these plastic cups and ping pong balls. So, okay. uh, so on, a very, on a very basic level, you, it could be something like one player throws a ball at a wall and the other player has to catch it in the cup. Um, very simple stuff like that. But it also, it also can devolve into much more partial activities. Like um, there's one way you have to lie down with a cup on your head and then try to stand up without the cup falling off. Oh, I bet I'd be um, amazing at that. And then, so, and then some games which have nothing to do with that. Like there's one where... There's one where the two of you will have to collaborate to build a paper aeroplane, each one-handed. Hmm. Um, What's well, so the each using one hand to make each using airplane. one hand to make yeah <laughs> to make a single paper aeroplane? Um, and then my my personal favourite, uh, mouthwash karaoke, which is uh, you 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 get you get some drink in your mouth and you have to gar- you have thirty seconds uh, to gargle a song and for your partner to guess it. Um, that, so that sounds I, gruesome. What did I, you do? I tried. I tried doing it with um, "In the End" by Linkin Park, <laughs> and the, and the com- and the combination. Admit, I I was very I was very bad at it. Not because I don't know the song, but because the combination of the the silliness of what I was doing and the fact that I was sort of like trying to rap, <laughs> um, just. <laughs> <laughs> it made me it made me do that basically and yeah i may have most of most of my most of my gargling liquid may have ended up on my floor because this is beat that that sounds <laughs> great <laughs> yes beat beat that it comes it comes in a nice colorful box covered in uh what look like off-brand simpsons characters but it's but it's very good and ideal for parties parties of all varieties excellent so yeah uh i believe Nate, that this wraps up another episode of the Electronic Wireless Show. We killed another one. Good we job. We did. Thank you, listener, very much for joining us. Uh, this Season 2, Episode 37 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. Uh, you can find us on rockpapershotgun.com, and we are also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, if you just search for Rock Paper Shotgun. And Blue we also Sky. Have... And Blue Sky. Yes, we're on Blue Sky. I don't know who updates it. Um... Because I certainly don't, but yes, allegedly we have a blue sky. Maybe we it's also... my job. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we also have a Discord for chatting with fellow listeners and RPS readers about the site, the podcast, and games in general. Uh, we can link that in the show notes. And assuming Alice doesn't get COVID for a fifth time, we should all be back next week, I believe. Uh, uh, that's the plan. Hopefully for part one of Nate's uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and Sterling Castle game. This is it. So, uh, start girding your loins. Mm. Yeah. So I uh, hope to see you then. Uh, for now, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Nate. 
Farewell. Goodbye.